What's up guys and welcome to the Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast. Today you're in for a real treat as I'm bringing in a guest speaker to talk Warriors preseason and offseason moves, Corey LeBeau. So with that, let's jump right into it. Hey Corey, uh, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, sure. No problem. So uh, here to talk about the Golden State Warriors. Going to have what I hope to be a really exciting season this year. A lot of takeaways, a lot of interesting moving pieces in the NBA. Um, But before we get into all of that, I'm curious to hear about you and your background and um, maybe how you got into the Warriors, and uh, maybe like one or two of your favorite highlights in the last five or ten years. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I always love to talk about that. Uh, I so I've been into the Warriors for pretty much since I've been like a conscious human being. I grew up in San Leandro, which is right next to Oakland, and w- crucially, one boat stop away from the Coliseum. So it was always and from the Coliseum and Oracle Arena. So it was always so easy to go over there um, and, you know, see all the games. So I think it was around middle school where I went to my first Warriors game. I remember I got like tickets for my birthday. My dad got it for me and we saw them play the, it was like good seats. I think it was the Philadelphia 76ers. Allen Iverson was playing, and it was just very cool to see. And since then, I've been a big Warriors fan, uh, really into them during that kind of the Thunder era when, when Thunder was the mascot. And they had like Gilbert Arenas, and Jason Richardson, and Anton Jameson, and those folks. Uh, my favorite player back then was Earl Boykins. So I don't know if you remember him, but he's like, he was the really tiny player. He had a couple of years, was on the Warriors. And I just, as a very short person myself who liked basketball, I then quickly realized that I was not tall or talented enough to play at anything more than just playground. Uh, really related to him being this short 5'5 five, five dude just like tearing up the court with all these other grown-ass men. So yeah, that's kind of my history with the Warriors. Some favorite moments over the past little bit was, I mean, definitely, like, just the whole Curry run. Curry was drafted in 09. That was the first year I went to college. So it was just very kind of synonymous there when uh, he was coming in. And I got to say, my favorite times from that, I remember, I think it was, like, 2014, I was at a game. They were playing the Brooklyn Nets, and Steph was just lighting it up. And he hit a three got fouled while he did it and he sat on the ground and he counted off one, two, three, four. It was the first time I had seen him do that and the place was going wild and I was like, whoa, this is something special. This is something really special that's happening in the way that Steph could connect to the audience and to the arena like that. And then, you know, all the greatest hits of this last five years. I think that first title was my favorite, 2015. Uh, when they beat the Cavs, and that was just so special watching that happen. And then the 73-win season was just, every single game was must-watch. I'd say that those were probably my favorite parts of this, like, dynastic run. Yeah, that, that 
iconic 73 win team for sure. Yeah, um, we just won't talk about the finals. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, what was, did you end up, did you ever go to any like the We Believe Warriors, Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, Don Nelson? Yeah. Ball? Yeah, I mean, the Bay was on fire when that was happening. And I remember watching on TV. I didn't get to go to any of the games, though, uh, at that time. But I remember watching them play. I remember the Baron Davis dunk over Kurlenko in the Jazz. And that was that was a really exciting time. Yeah, and also awesome. kind of... That's a, yeah, go ahead. No, just like one of the times where it's like, wow, it's not just the team, but also like Oracle and the fan base and like whatever's happening here, very special. Hundred um, percent. That was actually kind of where I, when I got into the Warriors um, was the We Believe, and uh, I got to go to some of those games. Um, oh, nice! The, the Baron Davis dunk that was that was special for me. So, wait, Sam, you were at the game when that happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that must have been <laughs> nuts, dog. That must have been crazy. It's incredible. Um, have you been to Chase? Have you seen the Warriors in San Francisco? I have been to Chase one time for a Warriors game. It was their first season. I went with my father. I was in town. I don't live in the Bay anymore, but I was in town. We went to go see the game. And it was, Sam, it was the third game of that season or maybe like the fifth game, but it was like they had already gotten blown out without Clay and all that. And that was the game against the Phoenix Suns where Steph fell on his hand and broke his hand. Oh, God. All right. And basically... Forget that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's been my one experience with Chase um, so far. And, you know, I want to give it a chance. It's just really, like, as an East Bay person, it was tough to watch them leave Oakland. And so I'm still, like, figuring it out. But I think once, like, we get fans into Chase and really see Steph work his magic, then it's going to be it's gonna be special. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I've been to Chase a few times. I... Thought it was uh, the food was really good. It's like all local food vendors there, so that was definitely yeah. from like the Oracle um, concessions. But yeah, there's just something to say about the loyal fan base there. Oakland's just kind of in the middle of the Bay Area. It's really accessible. Felt like it was just mm-hmm. pulling in pe- all people from all different walks of life, and we could all kind of come together and enjoy the product that was the Warriors, even after they were bad for so long. Totally. Base we're totally. still just patiently waiting, and you know, they've—I'd say—they've been rewarded. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, man. So um, let's talk a little bit Warriors today. Um, you know, two new rookies, three free agent signings: Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, um, Andre Iguodala, Nemanja Bjelica, and. Otto Porter Jr. What are your first? Let's start with the rookies. Um, what are your thoughts on these guys? So, when I was watching the draft and they ended up choosing Kaminga and then Moody, I was like, I'm not going to lie, I was a little distraught. I was hoping that they would get Davion Mitchell or something at 14. I know they didn't want to do that at the reach. And it's really just like after watching James Wiseman you know, really struggle his first year. Not really his fault, but more just like the Warriors weren't quite sure like how to develop this like teenager and also, you know, do the whole veteran chasing the wins thing. I was a little distraught that they went so young and seemed to be taking more projects. And I'm like, are they going to waste another year of Steph's like era right now? Because he's been on fire. But 
since then, I mean, I I really liked what I saw of Kaminga and Moody, like both in summer, really in summer league. I was like, oh, Kaminga looks good. He looks aggressive. He attacks the basket. And he's got this kind of like swagger and confidence that the Warriors don't. I mean, obviously, Steph and Clay and Draymond have like a lot of swagger, but they never really had that like wing guy who's just like gonna go to the cup and drive down i mean i guess kevin durant was kind of like that guy for a while but i was like that was pretty exciting and then just from what i've seen with moses moody in the preseason like in one of those games he was like knocking down shot after shot he was hitting three after three and that was pretty exciting like oh maybe like we could put him in the rotation pretty quickly and he could fill fill some kind of need like it wouldn't be such a journey to get there so I like him. You know, I think as long as it doesn't, if it doesn't take its toll this season in terms of like trying to figure it out, I love the idea of like Steph, Clay, and Draymond passing the torch to Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody like after a while, kind of like in that Spurs vibe. That would be very cool. That'd be very heartwarming to see. Yeah, it's good to see that they're invested in the future and not just going all in, you know, for the next two years. Totally. Uh, it's you know you bring up some good points. It's interesting. A lot of people wanted the Warriors to trade their draft picks to mm-hmm. get somebody like a Bradley Beal or a Ben Simmons. Personally, I'm happy that they didn't. I think that yeah. Kaminga has a lot of potential. The I think the last season there was a lot of confusion and uh, miscommunication between the front office and the coaching staff and the players. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of alluded to that of regarding James Wiseman and their seemingly inability to develop him meaningfully, Uh, just throwing him out there to play 30 minutes and struggle because he clearly didn't know how to do anything, even though he's obviously so talented. Um, It was too bad because you got all these fans or, at least people on Twitter just <laughs> calling calling for calling for his uh calling his number and and just giving the kid a hard time. But um you gotta be patient with these young guys, so that's gonna be interesting. I think, you know, you got a whole new coaching staff in here with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr mentioned that he yeah. kind of felt like there were too many yes men in the room. There weren't mm-hmm. enough different opinions being passed around. So I like some of those new coaches that they brought in, Kenny Atkinson, um, the Serbian guy, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so yeah, I think Moody looked really good. Moody might actually be in the rotation. Um, just if if there's injuries or something happens, he kind of looks like he's on the fringe. I think Kaminga is going to need more time, but could come in in the second unit maybe. At yeah. times, he's probably going to play a lot in Santa Cruz. Um. Wiseman needs a lot of time and a lot of help. I think he's probably the furthest behind yeah. out of those three, just because center is such a hard position to play. And, you know, the Warriors are at their best when Draymond's at the five. Totally. Yeah, I'm thinking, I think you're you're definitely right on that. I mean, it's just tough with Kaminga, because even though he's got all this raw talent, like what he's going to do is have the ball in his hands and like drive to the hole and don't want to do that when you've got Steph running around off these screens. Like you got to make the right pass and you got to make the right play. Moody, he can like spot up in the corner. He seems to know how to rotate. Like he seems to have a bit more of the fundamentals down where he can play off of Steph as opposed to kind of taking control of the offense, which eventually Kaminga will probably be really great at. You know, he looks so good, but that's going to be a few years down the line. 
Yeah, Kaminga kind of reminds me of like a Zion slash Zach Randolph. He just has that upper body strength, and when he puts his head down, a couple times I've seen him, you know, go bump, 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 and he still hits the shot. Um, yeah. The, the free throws need some work, but the Warriors haven't had like a strength type player in a long time. Maybe even like yeah. David West. <laughs> you know? yeah, just like we've been, we've been more like high iq finesse guys never like big bruiser guys i always think back to like when the we believe run getting beat up by utah and they had like mm-hmm. um uh carlos boozer you know and just <laughs> these types of guys who just like punished us in the post so i think Kaminga's gonna bring some of that which is good Totally. I mean, even looking back, like to the dynastic run, like that first round series against Memphis in 2015, like Memphis had always been like a bit, not rivals, but like a good foil for the Warriors because the Splash Brothers are doing all of their very finesse shooting around the arc. And then Memphis just freaking clobbers you. So being able to have a guy who could actually like fight back in that regard and get to the line and be able to finish through contact, that's pretty exciting. And Kaminga had some nice finishes, at least during Summer League, um, where I was like, oh, he's a bit more creative around the hoop. Like, he's got more touch than I was expecting. And what's exciting to me is, like, he, he's making the right reads. Like, he sees the guys open. And, I mean, the pass goes flying out of bounds, but at least he sees the passes there, you know? Yeah, for so, sure. So that's, you know, it'll be exciting to see him uh, develop. And I think, you know... You mentioned all these new coaches coming through. That's almost what I'm thinking is maybe the biggest addition to the Warriors this year is like all of these new coaches and this new emphasis on development, which is I'm excited to see what they do. 100%. Um, Gotta love Kaminga's story too. I mean, I don't know if you know, he came from the Congo. Came here from the Congo at 13, didn't see his parents until the NBA draft for five years. Damn. That's crazy. You just like that story. You know, he's going to be a hard worker because I think that's one of the biggest things that's not really talked about. It's like you can have all of this talent. Um, I mean, the NBA today, like everyone's talented. Everyone's got athleticism, length, size, whatever. It's Mm -hmm. the work. It's the workers that uh, really um, carve out a niche to stick around in the NBA for more than a few years. Definitely. Definitely. In the work and get into the gym and you know, really step their game up year to year to year. Yeah. And the Warriors seem so about that too, in terms of like, do you have the right head on your shoulders? And sometimes like maybe it's like to their detriment when they're finding folks, you know, all the jokes about like James Wiseman speaks three different languages. Oh, he's got such good investments. It's like, oh, but does he fit with the team? Like maybe we can think a little bit more about basketball, but <laughs> I, but it really yeah, is. They cool, love like, to stress the character, the high character yeah. guys. <laughs> Exactly. Like you can imagine them being, Joe Lincoln being like, oh, wow, what a good handshake. A great right. Handshake. Exactly. Totally. Them. No, you could totally say, see <laughs> getting off on something like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, so um, cool. Yeah, those are the rookies. Uh, free agent signings. And um, maybe you're a few takeaways from the preseason so far. A few takeaways. I mean, it seems like last year, they were all about defense and they were all about like trying to get that physicality and being able to play fast. And this year it's so much more on shooting and the IQ plays. And I feel like uh, Otto Porter and Bielica 
like they're shooting. They like shot lights out during the preseason. I mean, you, did you see that uh, one screen grab of like three guys flying at Otto Porter Jr. and Steph was wide open? And like yeah, that went around the internet being like, that's insane. Like that would never have happened last year. So I love the mind shift in that regard. And I mean, Iguodala, I've, I, I, I love that man to death. I do not know how much energy he has in the tank, but just like seeing him play, knowing where to go, knowing the passes to make, it makes such a difference when you've got players who can just operate around Steph and Draymond. Like you, they don't need much, you know? It's, it's amazing like how good they were just in the last part of last season. Uh, that final run when it was like, oh, wow, they really found their groove because they found some guys who can play around, you know, Steph and Dre and wh- how they move and how wh- what to make the right reads and the right path and the right cut. And it seems like they really pushed more for that in these offseason signings. Yeah, there's some really good points. I think uh, I think Iguodala has more left in the tank than we think. I don't think he's going to play every game. In some games, he might only play a few minutes or he might be a closer, but... Mm-hmm. Even through the preseason, the few games he played, he had some really good takes with the basket. He was aggressive. His passing, he kind of played the backup point guard at times. You always know that he's going to play that elite defense. Mm-hmm. And then to mm-hmm. your point, you know, Bielitsa and Otto Porter Jr., the threat and the reliability of their outside shot. The corner threes are going to be there, and so far they're striping them. And teams aren't going to know what to do or how to defend Curry, and guys are going to be left open. And this is the Warriors basketball that we all know and love from before. I mean, yeah, uh, so much space. I think the defense is going to take a hit, as you kind of alluded to. They, mm-hmm. they had a really hard-nosed defense-first type of approach last season. But you lost Ubre, you lost Bazemore who were some of our best on-ball defenders. So it'd be interesting to see what happens, but just the early season, not early season, but the preseason, the through the first few preseason games, looking at how much more space there is on offense and just, you know, like you said, that meme where three people <laughs> jumped at Porter Jr. because he'd hit three or four threes and they left Curry. I mean, teams are going to be like, what the heck are we going to do now? Totally, totally. And you know, I'm a, I'm a little worried about the defense too. And I, one of the things we're talking about, and we're eventually, Sam, we're going to have to talk about Jordan fricking Poole and what he's been doing this preseason. But I know like Steve Kerr and like the team is like a little unsure of like how a defense is going to survive with a starting backcourt of Curry and Poole and being undersized. And without that Kelly Oubre or what Clay Thompson used to do in guarding like the opposing point guard and being able to just hound him all game. It'll be interesting to see how they survive that but you know Draymond and Looney are a really good defensive I mean Draymond obviously a, a freaking savant when it comes to this stuff but Looney is such a good defender like he's not going to be able to handle like the big 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 bruisers but in terms of like almost anything else like that dude knows where to be he knows how to defend he can move a little bit on the perimeter I'm hoping that they can Really, I, I'm hoping they can claw, like the defense might get worse, but I'm hoping it's not like basement level in terms of defensive rating or anything. Yeah, and you almost think that the deficiencies on defense will probably be more 
been compensated for the advantages on offense just for how bad our offense was at times when especially totally. when you had Ubre and Wiseman on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, we're going to rack up a lot of wins and it's going to be interesting to see when Wiseman does return to the floor how they work mm-hmm. into the rotation. And yeah. I mean, Jordan Poole, I didn't want to bring him up because I could do a whole pod just on Poole, so maybe we'll, we'll <laughs> save that for next time. I sure. share your enthusiasm with him. Um, I am putting him as most improved player in my book. He's, so I got, he's I got, got a that. chance, right? Like, yeah, he looks so good. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how Wiseman comes back. He looked so raw last year but when i whenever i get down on him i try to think about those first few games like we were getting blown out but those first few games where weissman was like striping threes you know going straight to the basket like that Giannis style like dribble when he was running the break and ended up dunking it like in that second or third game like i think he was just in his head so much last year and i'm wondering if when he comes back with that new serbian guy who's coaching him and then just like the clear decision of like no looney's the starting center and Draymond, Draymond and Looney are the starting, you know, set the starting front court, and then Draymond's going to be center. Like, instead of being like an integral part of the starting lineup, he's going to be like the JaVale McGee role in terms of when we need a big body out there for alley oops. And like that, I think that's going to be such an easier way to bring him in. And yeah, like the Warriors don't have a guy like that too. Like just a big center who you can throw up against Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid and all these big guys who are terrorizing the league right now. Yeah, you're spot on. I, um, yeah, those first, there's like first three or four games of the season when Draymond wasn't back yet. Cause he was in COVID protocols and mm-hmm. Curry was struggling at times. Wiseman looked like our best option offensively through those first two games, as you kind of mentioned where he was, hitting threes wide open he could put the ball on the deck and take it to the rim uh rebound he never he never really showed much promise defensively unfortunately but on yeah, offensively I'm... he showed all he showed a very versatile skill set to where it was like get Wiseman the ball we need him to score and then yeah, yeah that very yeah, quickly he lost his confidence and he really shouldn't have been starting i think there was just like I think Lakeup told Kerr to throw him in there 30 minutes a night. I think they kind of thought that the season was was gone, a throw mm-hmm. season. And then, you know, Curry proved them wrong and gave him a reason to uh to fight till the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Um second unit role for Wiseman's gonna give him a much better opportunity. He needs a little bit of time to fill out his body to be able to even have a chance against the Gobert's and Capella's yeah. and Drummond's and Davis's and Howard's of the league. But mm-hmm. totally in the second unit, you know, 10, 15 minutes, throw down some dunks, grab some boards, make some good defensive rotations, you know, don't pick up 4,000 two minutes and just start building on that and then just start adding more. And I think he's going to be a piece. I think he's going to be an important piece to this team. I, centers are really hard to get. It's really hard to get reliable bigs. They're locked up pretty hard, pretty hardcore, and you know it's projects to draft them and develop them. So I think I think we're kind of stuck with Wiseman for better for better or worse. I think it would be a little short sighted to try and trade him right now, um, and get yeah. like pennies, pennies on the dollar. Totally. I mean, and that's just what it is, right? Like we'd be trading him at the worst part of his value. Like he's probably never in like his career he'll never be lower value than this after and that first who? year. 
right? I yeah, mean, McGee, exactly. McGee's, McGee's locked up. You know, it's not like we're going to be getting someone productive. So, yeah. And you know what, Sam? It's like in that talking about like, who's the superstar that's going to come? Is it Bradley Beal? Is it Ben Simmons? Is it, you know, people are talking about like Zach Levine and stuff. I'm thinking, you know, the Warriors weren't that far off last season. Like, especially when they found their groove, like they were right in there. They were the eighth seed. I think they would like they came so close to beating the Lakers in that playing game. And if they just had like a little bit more oomph, they would have beat Memphis too. But they were tired from that crazy ass run. And I'm thinking it's like they don't need another superstar to kind of like figure out how they play. They just need to improve around the edges. And they just need to get a few more role players that know what they're doing to like take the ease off. And I think that's what they did. And I personally, as a fan, like I like that so much more and letting this be Steph, Clay, and Dre's team and like classic Warriors basketball than trying to figure out how to involve another superstar and then have to hear like all the BS about like, can Steph carry a team? Is there anything without Kevin Durant? What's going to happen? So I like the, op- I, I like the direction that they've gone and I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, well said. I think that, you know, you make a big change like that. There's chemistry. There's going to, uh, there's some, cohesion that needs to be worked on and developed and we've got a foundational core so you know brad wanamaker was obviously not the backup point guard that they thought he was going to be <laughs> kelly no, Ray was, was obviously not. not worth the 80 million that like it was paying in taxes for him mm-hmm. for a guy who showed incredible athleticism but did not fit the warrior style and system and james Wiseman should not have been the starting center and so it was really clear once all of those things took all those factors out, Wiseman hurt, Ubre hurt, Wanamaker mm-hmm. traded. The team flourished because we we, you know, JTA came out. Um, you know, Basemore is playing well. We're starting hitting threes, the spacing, the ball movement. And yeah, we had a shot, but I'm happy that it didn't work out that way because we ended up with Moody. So mm-hmm. um I don't think that they had enough in the tank to beat the Jazz, but had they beaten the Lakers or Memphis, um, you know, I think they would have had a chance to take it to seven games maybe against Phoenix or Utah, and maybe they could have won. I mean, it's Curry. Who knows? Anything's possible. But in the end, exactly. I think it's better that they got a little bit of rest. They got hungrier. And, you know, now they can put all the haters to rest this season. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's exciting about this season, and what's kind of exciting about last season too, is they're chasing the playoff spot. They get into the playoffs. Who is Steph and Dre afraid of? Like, what team would actually they be like, oh my gosh, we can't beat that? Yeah, no nobody. one. Like, there's <laughs> exactly. no way that they would have gone into a first round season with Utah being like, we can't win. They were, they would have thought they'd win for sure. And it's just that's exciting, you know, because that they, you can tell that when they play with that kind of electricity that they know what's going on and. Yeah, they're only going to be better this year. And I, you know, well, I hope Steph, I mean, Steph just dropped 41 points in that last game for the preseason. So, you know, he's all amped up. If Clay comes back and is just like, even if he's not like, I don't, I don't even need him to be like 90% Clay. If he's just kind of like able to move around and kind of do like what the auto Porter's doing right now, but just with an even better jump shot, like that's going to be something just because he knows where to go and that unique chemistry that they've had from playing for so long. It's it's special to watch. It's special to watch. For sure. So, all right. I think on that note, um, thank you so much for your time, Corey. You know, I think I'm going to have to have you back because 
talking warriors with you has been a lot of fun <laughs> for sure sam this is the highlight of my night and i'll be back anytime would love to talk with you as the season goes and see how all this stuff pans out all right guys that's all we got time for today let's go warriors getting ready for that season opener against the los angeles lakers i'm sam orlick and i'll be back at you soon